Once again, CIAC fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson, your humble host. Happy to have you along with us. It's been far too long since we've recorded a CIAC cast. We uh, believe the last one was previewing the CIAC football championship. So we've been uh, been in in hibernation through the uh, the remainder of December and January. But we are back at it as we are getting ready for the first round of CIAC Winter Championships, which will begin this very day, Thursday, the 11th of February. The first divisional CIAC Indoor Boys Track and Field Championship gets started today and we are going to help preview it along with the remainder of the CIC Indoor Track and Field Championships coming up in the coming days and week. We've got Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current. He's going to join us to break it all down and then we're also going to talk a little wrestling. That is also a championship that is fast approaching. The uh, division the entries will be coming in early next week and then we will have the divisional championships the following in the coming weekend. So Jerry DeSimus of the Collinsville Press is going to be with us. He does a great job keeping tabs on all of the wrestling happenings around the state of Connecticut. So that's who we've got on tap coming up this week. We also have me losing my voice, so I'm going to do very little talking on this round the CIAC cast, which I'm sure is a relief to all of our listeners who would much rather hear from our experts than they were would from me. So I'm not going to waste any more time with a long preamble, and I'm also not going to waste very much time doing our usual things you might have missed on CIACsports.com other than to say Tournament Central is where you want to be this time of year. We've got all of the information about the track and field championships, including the start list. We've got schedules. We've got rankings. You can sign up for email or text alerts. We strongly consider strongly suggest I should say that you do that we've got schedules everything you could want if you're looking for CIAC tournament information can be found on the tournament central page so hope you will check that out bookmark it this is the time of year to just keep that page bookmarked have that be your home page when you uh, you fire up your uh, your computer or your mobile device just get that ready and have it uh, have it there we do have the mobile version as well it's got all kinds of good stuff on it so we strongly encourage you to take a look at that. So that's things you might have missed. We've also had a few editions of, uh, of Linked Up on CIACsports.com. We've gotten back to a good weekly schedule with that. Lots of great information there. We've had our spring schedules posted, believe it or not. The snow on the ground suggests that maybe this isn't the, uh, the time for that, but you help get prepared for the spring season as the 2016 spring schedules have been posted. We also, a uh, few things about looking for uh, past scholar athletes. You can read through about that. So lots of good information. Hope you'll check out, of course, CIACsports.com. You can find us on Twitter at CIACsports, Facebook.com slash CIACsports, and uh, you can always email us at CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. That's CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. Let me know if you've got some topics that we should cover so we don't go into two-month hibernation again the next time I'm uh, having a hard time coming up with things to talk about. So hope you'll check that out as well. And as always, we've got to do this. We want to uh, remind you, so we've got the previews for the Indoor Track and Field Championships, previews for the Wrestling Championships coming up on this edition of the CIAC cast. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on your way to the Class L Championships, which are taking place today. If you are, put your phone away press play on the on your mobile device then park it somewhere safe of course our friends from the department of transportation remind you to never text or drive or drive distracted it is not worth it you are not that important that's what uh 
one of our, our coworkers in the office, Stephanie Ford, told me she always tells her husband, who has a bad habit of, uh, of checking his emails when he's driving in the car, nothing you're in your inbox is that important. Put the phone away. No need to text and drive. Please park the, fa- the phone when you're behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. That's our message from our friends at the De- Connecticut Department of Transportation. So we've got that out of the way. We've got things you might have missed out of the way. Let's dive in to the Indoor Track and Field Championships. They are coming up starting today, Thursday, February 11th. We'll have one on Friday, two on Saturday, and then the Open Championship next weekend. Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current going to break it all down for us. Well, believe it or not, the Winter Championship CIAC season is actually starting today, the Thursday, February 11th, kicking off with our Indoor Track and Field Championships at the Floyd Little Athletic Center. We've got four divisional meets beginning over the next three days, and to help us break it down, as always, we're very happy to have with us Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current to uh, help lend us some perspective. Matt, thanks as always for joining us. Well, so glad to be back again. always enjoy talking with you uh, about Track, soccer, hockey, whatever it may be, it's always a good time. Thanks for having on me on again. Not a problem. Certainly love chatting with you. And uh, and let's dive right in here. So we start things off on today, Thursday, the February 11th. The Double L Boys and Girls Finals in Indoor Track and Field will be held at Floyd Little Athletic Center in uh, in New Haven. But before we sort of go specific meet by meet, wanted to kind of talk uh, a little more generally, uh, just looking at kind of the meets as a whole and then even heading towards the Open Championship next weekend. What are some of the kind of the big, uh, you know, overarching or, or general uh, headlines or, or, or stories or themes that you're kind of keeping tabs on as we head into the championships? You know, Joel, as we, we head into the championships, there's always a couple, couple events, a couple guys that you keep a lookout for, a couple of female athletes you keep a lookout for. And the one event that kind of stood out this year, uh, maybe more than others, has really been the 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to start with Mark Doyley of Weaver. You know, he burst on the scene last year as this, this really strong sophomore that caught a lot of people's eye. Caught some people's eyes by surprise. Some had been waiting for some time for him to rise from the youth ranks and take on the high school track world. But he really came out last year won everything in the lead-up to the, the championships. Then he got hurt. I don't know if you remember, he got hurt in the state open. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really hurt, but he pulled up, and he didn't quite have the, the performance that we were expecting. He comes back in outdoor, runs really well in the 102. Uh, then he runs great in New England. So he had a lot of promise last year. He showed a lot of promise. And he's really carried that over into this season, and, and it almost built on it even more. Uh, earlier this year, he ran the fastest time in the country in the 55. That time stood for about a month. He now is the second fastest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the thing that's most impressive about what Doyle has been doing is he's been doing it with a lot of pressure on him, uh, a lot of competition. The crowd, the, the field's as good as it's been in maybe the last decade. Not only is Doyle running great times, but he's getting lots of great pressure from uh, Withers Kaishan Bonner, Who's been who's actually beaten him this year? Uh, he's gotten great pressure from Elijah Young. These guys have really put the, the force down on and put made sure he's had to work for these wins. And now, you know, if you look back a couple weeks ago, uh, he got pressure from Bloomfield's Dwayne Roberts, another guy who maybe weren't talking about as much. We had Bonner and Young penciled in as his main rivals, but then here comes Roberts, almost loses a ballot to finish line at the CCC championship. So it's not a given. I mean, he's running these great times. He's had the spotlight solely on him, but it's not a given that he's won. 
uh, going to win. Bonner's beaten him before. Uh, Roberts has come close. Young's beaten him in the 300. It's come close in the 55. So these guys are really gunning for him. Uh, it's created a real excitement, exciting atmosphere around the 55. There's a real rivalry growing. The guys talk about each other. They look forward to racing each other, and they really, really want to beat each other. So as we look to this weekend and then especially look ahead to the State Open, uh, that 55 will be the race when the market race. Everybody's going to be checking those times with last me. Uh, do you think he can go off the record? And, you know, based on what he's done this far, you really think he has a shot at it. It's sure. held by Sheldon Simpson. He's close. He's run 626. He wants to get that a little lower. He wants to run 6.20. Bonner thinks he can run six in the 6.20s. He's at 6.47. These are all good times, and so far there's nothing to say. They're too hopeful about those times. Those are realistic times. Let's not throw out Young or, or Roberts. These are two of the guys that maybe get a little bit of the left of the headlines compared to the top two, uh, but they're right there too. So it all makes for an interesting uh, couple of days watching the 55 time. Another thing we want to watch is, is you get close to this meets, and actually it's going to happen today. Uh, Randy Nish, if he can break that 1,000 uh, record in the state, uh, he, he was so close. He, he, got, he got so close as a sophomore. Last year he was hurt. He was dealing with some things after slipping on some ice when he was running, but he's back healthy now. He looks really, really strong, Joel, and really efficient in his runs. He did a great triple, uh, won a great triple at the CCCC meet, but he's going to be really focusing in on 1,000. Uh, he ran 2.27 as sophomore, and he's 2.25. And the cool thing about it is if he beats it, he will be beating the time of his former teammate, or not his former, his, his future teammate, uh, Randy Wynn at Virginia. Randy was uh, at Henry Wynn. Boy, I'm, I'm bouncing around here. But Henry Wynn was uh, arguably the best distance runner in recent memory from Connecticut. It's a great time. And really, if Nish does that, it elevates him to another level, big statement-type performance. And sure. he, he's got it in him. Uh, he's been v- running very strong. At one point, he ran the fastest 800 in the country. So he's putting up some great times they can't they can't ignore. And the final group that we want to look at is the high jump. you got to start there. you got to talk about it because Tyler Coyle has done something we have rarely ever seen in Connecticut. He jumped 6'10 twice to start wow. off the year. He jumped 6'10 in December, and then he backed it up again in January, making sure it wasn't a fluke. First indoor season, Joel. He played basketball last year. He play, committed to uh, play football next year at UConn. Uh, did not want to get hurt in playing basketball, so he's tried track, and he's been very, very impressive. <laughs> yeah. He can do 6'10 or, or better three times in one indoor season. Uh, that certainly puts him up there in the ranks of uh, high jumpers we've rarely seen. We've been very blessed, very lucky to see some great high jumpers. I mean, two years ago, we had the national champion. Uh, three years ago now, uh, Jermaine LaSalle from Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. And we've also had Demario Gray, who really was exciting to watch in the long jump and the high jump. But uh, Coyle's something different, something we haven't quite seen. Someone with just this raw of talent who really hasn't, uh, gotten everything down quite yet, but he's getting there. And for him to be challenging state records, challenging these great times, and have the, the best performance so far in the nation, it's been really impressive. So we're going to keep an eye on him. He, he comes off a little bit of a disappointment at the CCC tournament uh, championship, where he he no hides after uh, jumping from the four by two right to the high jump. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a uh, a little bit of a fluke that that won't happen again. He'll be hungry. 
to once again go after that big uh, mark. And it'll be exciting to see if he can get it uh, again three times. Uh, you know, you know, you never ask or anticipate seeing that in the high school season, 6'10", uh, three times in indoor. That, that's just, that would be a, a very, very big surprise. Yeah, no, that's a really impressive uh, impressive collection, and that's one of the fun things. You know, I think uh, you talk about the competition in the, the 55. One of the things that we love about the the state championships is, uh, you know, you start getting these these folks who have focused on that meet all the way to through the season, and now they kind of put all the top folks together and uh, and really push themselves. I know uh, one of the most memorable things I think since I've been at the CIAC was that uh, that indoor girls sixteen hundred race a couple of years ago when it seemed like you know the everyone in the state was uh, was looking forward to that, and all those kids really had it had it circled and, and turned in just a memorable. Uh, memorable competition at the state open i think that's what makes it uh makes these championship events so fun so you you talked about some of the the broader kind of perspectives and and things that you're keeping an eye on let's uh get a little more specific as we look at some of these uh some of these class meets specifically as i said starting off with double l on thursday then we're going to have the uh the s championship on friday and then on saturday we'll have the l and the m two separate meets uh taking place you know the the thing you sort of uh, unfor- have come to expect a little bit uh, in track and field is that it tends to, you know, maybe not as many upsets as you might see in other sports. We've got a lot of schools that uh, are names that uh, that fans are familiar with. Are you sort of expecting a little bit of the more of the same this year in terms of some of the teams that we've come to expect? Are you looking for some upsets? What are you seeing when you sort of uh, kind of try to handicap some of these uh, class uh, team championships? Yeah, Joel, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The, we, we get a, really excited about track and field because we get all these great performances. The one downside is sometimes it can get a little predictable. This year there should be some surprise teams, but when it comes to who's going to be contending, who enters as favorites, once again, the usual suspects. I mean, in Class S, if you start there, you always have to start with Bloomfield, both boys and girls. The plan is always, if you're another Class S team, go after Bloomfield, beat Bloomfield for the title. It's going to be hard for on the girls' side. Bloomfield girls just stacked this year. And, and they'll enter not only the Class S championship, but the State Open as uh, one of the favorites. Right now, you know, we, we don't have a start list for the State Open, but on paper, uh, based on times and performances we've seen so far, Bloomfield would be the State Open favorite. So they will be the Class S favorite. They'll can hope they'll most likely continue their reign there. On the boys' side, Bloomfield is once again the strongest team entering, with the highest amount of uh, the largest amount of spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. But they will face pressure, and there there could be a surprise victory. There could be a victory by another team. There's three teams that really stand out with a chance of taking down Bloomfield this year. You've got Northwest Catholic, you've got uh, Adam Kellyworth again, Old Saver. All three teams have shown signs of having the depth that you need to go after Bloomfield. Uh, Old Saverick won the Shoreline Championship just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, HK gave them a lot of pressure. Both teams will be there once again. I, I even think HK might even have a better shot of winning the Class S title than they did at the Shoreline title. That's not to discount anything. Old Saverick, Old Saverick, very deep, especially in some of the skill events like like the pole vault, like the long jump, like the high jump. They can score there. Uh, Northwest Catholic has really been impressive. Uh, not to say that they've been down, but they just haven't had quite the level of performances they had about two, three years ago, and they're really come back uh, on top this year. Christian McKay-Morgan, he's kind of been the guy for them, but they're very strong in the relays. Morgan can score uh, score some points in the sixth for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could possibly win the sixth. 
So they're another team that they're hungry. They probably had a chance early on, and they will not be afraid of Bloomfield. They've beaten them before. They've gone after them. Uh, Coach Patrick Williamson thinks he has another shot this year. Uh, again, Bloomfield will be the favorite, but they have to be careful. They can't have any too many screw-ups. They need to win in the events. They need to get the points where they normally get them, uh, where, where it be the shot or the sprints and, and the jumps. Uh, if they can get those there uh, early, get a big lead, then they, they should still be in a good position, but all three of those teams have a really good shot. Then you look at some of the, the, the larger meets, uh, you know, and with Double L, especially in the Hartford area, you always start with Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. And once again, Glastonbury girls are going to be there, uh, going to be one of the favorites entering the meet today. Uh, they're, they're just so strong. Brian Collins at Glastonbury and his, the rest of his coaching staff has done such a great job of building a program with a lot of depth, getting the kids to cut out and really support the team and want to run, want to succeed, create their own chapter. And, and it's really been a story, a bit of history at Glastonbury the last 10, 15 years. This girls' team, maybe, again, not, maybe doesn't have that big dominant performer that we've seen in past years. Uh, whether it was uh, Mackenzie Hall, hurdles and the sprints, or uh, Reed Watson in the distance events, or even last year, Caitlin Hibbert, uh, who is so strong uh, running triple for them. But this mm-hmm. team is very deep. They, they can score in almost every event, which is really, really impressive. So they'll go after it. The boys on the other, the boys on the other side, Double L, Glastonbury's never won a title, if I'm correct. I'm, I'm almost positive that that is correct, uh, that I checked yesterday. Uh, and they, they have a good shot with, with Randy Niche and Keon Dixon, two real big studs in the track world this year. If those guys come together, do what they're supposed to do, and then they get some great supporting performances from some of their distance runners and some of their other uh, athletes like Jason Kelly in the pole ball, they'll be right there, and that will be interesting. It hasn't happened in, since 2009, but they're, they're going to try and go for the, the sweep of the boys and girls title double L. Then in L, as always, you got to start with Windsor. Uh, the, the Warriors are back. They're very strong once again. Uh, boys will be going after the state open. So will the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they'll be facing familiar pressure. The girls will face pressure from Willow Cross. They've got Danae Rivers back her senior year. Uh, hung, Willow Cross is hungry not only, not only to win this title, but state open. Uh, and, and then you got the, on the other side, Weathersfield and Windsor uh, have always been rivals in the CCC. They'll go at each other. You know, Weathersfield's one of those teams in the CCC that maybe doesn't get as much spotlight and as much uh, credit as they deserve sometimes with, that, with so many good teams. So they're, they're a team that give Windsor a little pressure. It's become a little interesting rivalry this year. Uh, it's kind of highlighted by Kaishan Bonner and Elijah Young, their top sprinters, their top leaders. But across the board, those guys go head-to-head. And I think that will carry over into outdoor. So not only will they have to compete this, this weekend for the Class L title, and indoors, but most likely, again, Weathersfield and Windsor will be going at it in outdoors. So that's, that's interesting. It's going to carry over for that time. And the final meet, uh, you know, Tallinn last year was the team that everybody was talking about. They were able to do something uh, historic that no girls team had ever done, was, which was win the cross-country state open, indoor open, and outdoor open. Uh, you know, this year, they don't have Caitlin Swanson. She's out with an injury. She will be back in outdoor. So they've been a little bit down, but I think they've surprised a lot of people, including themselves, at how they've been able to recover from that injury, recover from losing some great seniors like Courtney Akerley, like Jenny Jacobs, uh, like Kelsey Swanson, and really uh, regrouped and reloaded here 
and they have a real good shot of winning the M title. They'll face pressure from Weston, but they are the favorite. Mm-hmm. On paper, they should be winners by about 10 or 10 or 12 points. And in the state open, they'll, they'll not be quite a Bluefield level, but if something happens, they're, they're going to go for it. They're very strong. And one of the interesting stories with Tallinn is they've been led without Swanson, who's one of their captains, by just one captain, uh, Julius Sprout, who's kind of last year ran the relays, kind of gave some of the limelight over to the other athletes of the team. And really this year, she's has merged as the person, um, along with a couple other athletes like Haley Collins, like Kathy Loretto, and like their new pole vaulter, Amy Aaron. Droga, she's le- kind of led the team and really had a break. I don't want to say breakout because we've known Julia Sprout for a while. We've seen her run, but really had a year to her own that people are going to be rem- remembering and talking about because she's got a chance to win the 600 and lead uh, Tom back to some titles that maybe maybe are a little unexpected. Uh, maybe not them, but uh, to be in the contention for state open is a bit of a surprise to So yeah. Like you said, there there is often the same suspects, and that's no different this year. Uh, if you're looking for a couple surprise teams, one one surprise team that they, they won't win, but they'll be in it. They've been on the rise for a while, bro and girls, and I, I expect them to once again have a good performance in that. Uh, they're a team that kind of is off the radar, doesn't always get talked about, but this year could be a strong year for them. Very nice. Yeah, lots of, uh, yeah, as you said, you know, some familiar faces, and that's, uh, you know, that they're usually pretty strong and deep teams, which allows them to sort of be back year after year uh, in a lot of ways, and of course, uh, um, you know, familiar around the state as well, so certainly some good good performances. What are maybe, uh, you know, a couple individuals, uh, I know you've hit on quite a few folks, but maybe some individuals uh, whose teams might not be, you know, have them you know, as strong around them, so they may not be in competition for some of the, the team championships, but some individuals who may be uh, putting up some impressive performances that you're keeping an eye on heading into the weekend. Well, I think uh, certainly uh, the, the one big one is in, in the high jump. There's a lot of athletes in the girls' high jump that could could stand to win this uh, at State Open and win this week. It's just that crowded. That many girls have jumped 5-2, but one, one name that's kind of jumps out at me and we've been keeping an eye on the last couple of years is because she had such a strong uh, freshman performance and kind of burst in the scene there is Elizabeth Lodge of Manchester. She's someone who really came out during outdoor season, won the class double title, and when everybody went, whoa, who's this? She was kind of the high-jumping prodigy for uh, uh, girls track and field, and, and we've kept an eye on her, and she's gradually improved. She's getting closer and closer to breaking that 5-4 mark. She, she's jumped it three times this year, and everybody sits at 5-4. Uh, but she was very, very close about a month ago at Yale, and she feels that she's just almost there. So you're going to want to keep a close eye on her this week. She'll be competing at Class to Below. Manchester's on program, unfortunately, not quite what it used to be when it would do, uh, annually contend for state titles. Uh, they just don't have quite the depth they had once had an indoor, but Lodge has been that really that shooting star for them the last three years, the one name that everybody talks about in town, everybody looks to, and they gets excited about with the track program. And it, certainly if she jumps 5-6, not many girls in the last 10 years, I think it's only happened twice. Um, actually, it might not even have happened at the State Open that someone jumped 5-6. The Lodge having jumped 5-4 three times, being oh so close to four, we're going to keep a close eye on her at uh, five six, and she goes for it. But again, uh, I say this with all, you know, I have to admit there has to be a little bit of an asterisk, too, because there are so many girls along with her that can go for it. You look at Abby Gathers, another girl 
uh, whose team is a little bit down uh, from what it used to be uh, and what it typically is at mm-hmm. East Catholic. But she's really been another one that's kind of stood out, grabbed the spotlight. She's jumped 5-4. She's got an opportunity. She's coming off the CCC championship win where she did beat Elizabeth Lodge. So, again, we'd be remiss if not to mention her. Uh, it just, it's been another impressive year in the high jump for girls because you've got seven or eight that can actually go into the state open with thinking they have a chance of winning. And I don't know how many years you have that. Uh, if you've ever had that, where you've had eight, eight different athletes that have a shot at it. And this week, uh, next, certainly the next four days, will be a good, good bouncing off, good springboard for them leading into the next uh, step. Another person we, we can talk about is Elizabeth Mann. Connor, she'll be running today in the 300. Uh, she's a young talent, again, someone who might get uh, not as much of the spotlight as she deserves because of the conference competes, and there's so many great athletes. Uh, but if she can go put up a good time, then she will certainly attract attention. Keep an eye on her. Um, and then you look on the boys' side, some athletes that maybe, that again, not always getting the attention because their team isn't big. Um, you might have stumped me. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing here, Joel, and <laughs> real quickly. Uh, the boys, uh, I think you might have stumped me. I apologize. Oh, well, that's all right. Um, some teams. Uh, I am known oh, as such okay, a you know, know such a, a fierce interviewer that uh, yeah, I, I often uh, stump my subjects. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say too. Caitlin Backus is another one from South Windsor. You want to keep an eye on the thousand to sixteen hundred. She's one with a lot of potential. That will be in the class L meet. Uh, she she ran a couple good duels at the class at uh, the CCC championship, and she didn't win. Uh, she actually had the fastest time in the sixteen. So it'll be interesting how she regroups, how she comes back, and on the boys' side for South Windsor, uh, Michael Stoker, another guy uh, in the distance events that kind of. Drifted in the background a lot, and uh, by n- no fault of his own, he's just been in such a crowded field uh, the last couple of years for distance events for boys and girls. Uh, when Class L rolls around, he's got the fastest seed time in the 32. He's run 9.34, uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on him, see what he can do. And then it'd be interesting to see if Javon Smith, who had a great junior year for Bristol Central, really helped Bristol Central kind of break through last year. He's a guy in the 55 hurdles that will be right there, ready for to contend. Uh, he, he enters the class L meet with a seed time of 784. Uh, he, he's a two-time CCC champion, so he's another guy, uh, one of these off-the-radar guys that maybe we don't hear about as much as maybe the Randy Meeks, the Tyler Coils, um, the Hannah DeBalzies. He's a guy that we kind of want to give a, his uh, deserved attention to this week. And... and um, and on the other side, for the girls' 55, Simsbury is a team that always has decent depth, good runners, but the really the, the kind of the runner at the top right now for them has been the uh, hurdling prodigy there, Vicky Millage, who's uh, won the fastest time in the state and really had a breakthrough uh, junior year. She, she's been strong as a sophomore and freshman, but also had some miscues. This year has really been her year, and she's coming. she did run with an injury at the CCC meet, so it'll be Equally interesting to see how she handles that, how she comes back with a little bit of rest at the uh, class meet and the state open. Hopefully she's healthy and she can chase some of the time she wants. Uh, but the 55 hurdles, another event that always seems to kind of drift in the background, sometimes people forget about. Javon Smith, Bristol Central, Vicky Millage, uh, two athletes in Class L that are really going to go after it this year and have a chance to put it together some good performances. 
Excellent. Lots of good stuff. So I'll, uh, I've got a couple more questions. Matthew is carving out some excellent time for us, and we appreciate it. We want to uh, give full uh, – it's been two months. I looked at my calendar since we recorded a podcast. So we got to you know take our time wow. and really, wow. really dive in. I, uh, I fell asleep under my desk for two months, apparently. But uh, let's take a look. So you're talking, and you've talked again. You've hit on uh, several of these already, but want to kind of take uh, – for folks maybe who are just saying, you know, uh, I've got, you know, it's four championship meets, and then you got the Open. It's a lot to cover. What are maybe some of the the cream of the crop? You know, people who really only say, you know what, I just want to see record-breaking performances. What are a few people and a few records that you may think are, are in danger? I know you've hit on several of these already, but curious if there are any others or, or others that you really think uh, people are going to take a run at at these uh, state championships. Well, like, well, like we said earlier, Joe, I think uh, the 55 is really open for That's a record that stood since 2000. Mark Doyle, Tyson Byron, they're going to get go after Doyle is the closest. So that's the boys 55. That record can go down the next couple of days or go down to State Open or New England. So that's one you want to keep an eye out for the next two days. Then you got uh, next two weeks. Then you got Randy Nish with 1,000. He's going to go after that. Uh, he, he's run 227. The record is 225 and change. He feels he's right in, he's in a very good position with his training. He thinks everything's going well. This is the year. This is the chance for him to get it. Uh, well, this is it. This is it for him. He's a senior now. I know it's a I had to hear that because he's been such a uh, been known as such the young stud for so long in the track field, track field world. But this is his year, his chance to go for it. You got the get the high jump when someone jumps six tenths twice. You always got to keep an eye out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's a, someone we also want to keep an eye out on is Tyler Coyle. Uh, so those, those are the three that think that we've brought up. The three that we've mentioned so far. Then you look at the other events. I think we're going to have good performances. I don't know if we're quite going to have state record performances. Uh, the relay will be interesting, the 4x4 four four relay. If we do see uh, Windsor or Bloomfield run their fastest, we'll wonder, hey, can they go after it? Um, probably not. You kind, of, you kind of want to be a little cautious there. But on paper, Windsor has a lot of speed, uh, a lot of potential in that event. Uh, and then, you know, Maybe the girls 55. Maybe we can see that time get a little bit lower there with Cassidy Palmer. If she has that race for Bloomfield that she's really been inching toward trying to get closer toward. Uh, Shoshana Hines is somebody who's been on the radar for a while. Can she drop her time even lower to, to possibly go off the record? I'm not saying they're going off the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying I think these are athletes that have been there for a while, Palmer, Hines, and they can really get a chance to drop their times even lower and try and get a little bit closer um, there. But the big ones, definitely Joel at 55. And I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but boys 55, high jump, and the 1,000. Those are the ones you really look to. And I guess a, we would be mistaken if we don't mention the Nate Rivers. It's the person that's sure. seemingly broken every record. Uh, <laughs> at this point, she, nothing she does will surprise us. Same with Hannah Balzi. So what do they have in store for us this time around? Are they going to go after their own records? Are they going to lower time? Or is it looking more to the state open? That's the question at this point. So I don't want to say they're not going after records. They can't have them. Um, but uh, it could, at this point, maybe the plan is something a little bit different. But when you talk about Hannah, when you talk about the net, you got to start with the opportunity for them to always break records is there. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then, then also the boys 32 um, could, could see an interesting race as well. So, uh you know, if we're, if we're kind of adding on to where we left off with the 55 high jump and 1,000, you know, the two names to stand out is, or the big, two biggest question is, 
what is Dene going to do? What is Hannah going to do? Because uh, this is their farewell tour for both of them. Let's see what uh, let's see what they give us. They've given us so many great performances so far, so many great performances already in their careers, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple more in the next couple of days. Yeah, no, you always wonder uh, folks who have, as you said, have have thrilled fans for for several years now. If they're what their kind of mindset is and and what they're focused on with those kids is really the almost the the question, and, and rather than the talent to to break records, they've proven they have that. So it's a a question of what they've been training for and what is kind of their focus right now. So I'll get you out of here with uh with kind of a two part question, and uh, I, I want to let folks know I don't really prep Matthew for any of this. So uh, the fact that he can kind of do this so uh, so off the cuff is is amazing so we'll see how he does with this question but uh, yeah. it's kind of a two-parter we'll say uh, I'm not going to make you you know predict the you know each meet and, and all that kind of stuff but I want just two predictions from you of things one that you're you're very confident we're going to see this weekend and then one maybe kind of out there bold prediction uh, that we're going to see either with the class championships or the uh, the open championships so either from a team perspective or an individual perspective one uh, prediction that you're very confident of that you think is going to happen and then one that you're maybe saying you know what the I think this has a chance to happen so uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you that and you can take that any direction you want okay well let's, let's start with class M uh, you got to you know I'm gonna say Tallinn goes out hey again this is probably not a surprise to a lot of people but I think Tal- Weston has put a lot together in the last couple of weeks to really put pressure on Thailand. I think Thailand responds, and, and how they respond is going to be surprising, I think, in the way that they're going to get some performances that set them up for the next couple of years. We've heard a lot about Loretta. We've heard a lot about Amy Aaron's Zadroga. We've heard a lot about Julia Sprout and Haley Collins. Those are the four big athletes that have kind of been on the radar the last three, two years at least, if not three years. Uh, but this year, I think we're going to see some new names really help Tom step up, whether it be in the relay events or some of the earlier sprints. And those are the names that are going to carry that Tom tradition through when Swanson, Caitlin Swanson, and Julia Sprout graduated, and even when Kate D. Loretto graduates next year. Um, so my prediction in M, you know, maybe it's a little bit of chalk, but I think uh, Tom's going to hold off Weston. Weston's so deep in the pole ball and some other events, but I think. When it comes down to it, uh, Tallinn's going to handle the punch to, uh, Weston throws. I think it's going to be a really big uh, jumping-off point. They're going to handle that pressure uh, and then come back. And they're going to be put on a, a lot of pressure on Bluefield and Windsor at state meet. Uh, so I think a lot of people aren't considering Tallinn as a state open favorite, but they're going to be right there. I think they're in position to run her up. And maybe this is the bold prediction you're looking for. I think they still got a chance to win it. Uh, I think that if they have a good class M meet, if everybody stays healthy, if not, no injuries come up, pop up in the next week, they're going to carry over from winning M and uh, possibly win the state open. Uh, again, they're not the favorite, but I think that's a, that, that could happen. On the other side, I think uh, you know we might we we could see the sweep uh, in class double L. It hasn't happened in a while. And, Hasn't happened since 2009. I think Glastonbury can do it. I think they have the horses, certainly on the girls' side. But the boys have never quite gotten it done in uh, indoor track. If they do get it done, uh, this could this is the year. I think they will get it done. And, and I also think we will see a state record broken in the next couple of days uh, as far as the boys' state record is concerned. You've heard me talk about it already. But I think Randy Meese will have that 1,000 record when it's all said and done this weekend. Um, and and that, that's coming before the state open. I think he's going to run really fast. That, you, you tend to say that you get the state records to the open. I think 
Nice is going to surprise us and possibly run the 225. Uh, he's just had such a great year so far. He's going to cap it off, maybe running that time and leading his team to a state title uh, for Glastonbury and not letting girls get all the attention this year. All right, so there it is. Matthew Conyers is all over the indoor track and field scene, and we uh, we always appreciate him uh, carving out some time to talk with us. You can check out his great work uh, in the Hartford Current, the Hartford Current online. Uh, he's working on a feature that uh, uh, may be ready in the in the next day or so, and we'll certainly have uh, have coverage of all the divisional championships uh, along with the uh, the state open. So Matt, we we love talking to you. I believe uh, I mentioned this a lot, but I think you were my first podcast guest. Uh, you know, a few long years ago now and uh, we always love having you back on so thanks for all the information and enjoy the uh, divisional championships and uh, all the all the good stuff coming up in track and field thanks Joel. It's always a pleasure to be on glad to have uh, glad to join you today thanks as always to matthew he has so much information so many great stories to tell and uh, really appreciate him taking the time to uh, to chat with us today he will be heading out shortly to go check out the class double l championship meet also fast approaching, as we said, the Connecticut uh, Divisional Wrestling Championships are very quickly on the horizon. The weekend of February 19th and 20th will have the four divisional meets, and then the Open Championship will be February 26th and 27th at Floyd Little Athletic Center. And Jerry DeSimus of the Collinsville Press does a great job keeping tabs of all that's happening across the state in the world of wrestling. So let's talk about what's going to happen at the upcoming championships. The Connecticut High School Wrestling Championships are also fast approaching, so we wanted to get in touch with the uh, with Jerry DeSimus of Connecticut Wrestling Online to offer some uh, perspective on what we're going to be seeing at the, the championships in the coming weeks. So, Jerry, thanks as always for being with us. Happy to be here, Joel. Always love to, uh, to chat about this sport and uh, see what's going to be happening here in the next couple of weeks. We're starting with the divisional championships, which are coming up uh, uh, February uh, 19th and 20th uh, around the state. So let's start there sort of on the broader perspective. And we, uh, I hit on this a little bit with our track preview as well. So start of start with this question. Um, it's sort of been the same old, same old in terms of team championships the last few years. A lot of repeat champions uh, in the in the class meets. Are you expecting to see a lot of the same teams kind of uh, in the mix again, or are we uh, looking at maybe some new faces uh, popping into the to the championship level? You're going to have a lot. You're going to have some of the same teams still contending for championships, but in a few classes, you'll have some others contending to uh, break through that glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of the traditional teams that uh, you've seen win state championships in wrestling will still be there again. All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit just kind of uh, before we get to the championships, sort of more broadly speaking, who are some of the teams that have, uh, that have really stood out and impressed you uh, with what they've done during the regular season this year? Well, there's been in some good wrestling across the state. You know, uh, some of the standbys are, have excelled, as always. You know, the number one team in the state as we approach the conference championships is once again Danbury. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've gone 18-0. It's the 11th time in team history that they've uh, uh, gone undefeated, which is a, a state record. Um, they have New Milford down there in the southwestern corner of the state pushing them. They're 18-1, another fine season for them. Uh, Wyndham, gone 20-0. They've done an excellent uh, they've had an excellent campaign um, over Middletown, 19-0, their first undefeated season ever for the Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then there's Fairfield Ward, another great year. Trumbull's done very well. Uh, Foreign of Milford, 35-3 and 3 
set a new state record for the most dual meet wins in a season. And then there's Newtown, uh, Ledger, uh, some excellent wrestling all across the state uh, again this year. Yeah. Okay. So we're uh, as we kind of uh, make our way into the championships. Uh, you know, you can kind of go class by class, or however you would like to to do it. How are you sort of handicapping things, and uh, what are you sort of uh, expecting to be some of the stories, uh, at least in the divisional uh, or the class championships uh, that'll start us off next weekend? Okay. Cool. Well, starting in uh, class double L. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting though. You know, there's a, a difference in wrestling. You know. You, you have your dual meet when you have your 14 individuals that go out there on the mat, and then you have your tournaments where those uh, 14 individuals compete. And uh, one of the key things in those tournaments is what happens to those individuals once they lose. Of course, all the tournaments are double elimination. Right. So the teams that generally win will have kids lose, but they won't get you know bounced out immediately. They'll lose their first match and come back, right. which is difficult. Right especially when you know you've dreamed of a state championship and then you lost and that dream is gone uh the teams that win have those kids with the fortitude to fight through that and continue to you know fight for that third place medal or you know pick up some pins or anything to pick up points right so in that regard you know in class double l you know the newtown two-time defending uh class double l champion and they're going to contend again this year they have some excellent uh, individuals, you know, Anthony Falbo is a, a, a New England champion. He won a national championship as well last spring. Um, Andy Hubina and Joe Acousti and Ed Lovely, tremendous kids. The question with Newtown is, will they have enough depth to uh, beat Danbury? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Danbury might be a little deeper in terms of uh, more kids earning points in more weight classes. So that's going to be the uh, question, what happens in double L. Um, for Ward has two tremendous wrestlers, Tim Kane and Charlie Kane, the two brothers. Um, they'll be in the mix uh, as well. So it ought to be an interesting class and in, in tournament in class double L. You know, you also have Simsbury and Southington, Trumbull and Xavier with individuals, but they probably won't be contending for the uh, team championship. It, it, to me, it, this early point, it looks like Danbury and Newtown will be a uh, Sure. Fighting that out. Two, uh, two very familiar, as you said, uh, familiar names that, uh, that folks have gotten used to. What about, in, uh, what about in Class L? In Class L, you know, New Milford has won three straight championships, and, you know, I think they might have the edge to uh, get a fourth. Again, they have a little more deeper team in terms of kids that can score points. Uh, you have Middletown that has that great undefeated dual meet season. How many of these kids are going to uh, earn points in the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's the question for Middletown. Good team. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, can contend with a New Milford. You also have Bristol Eastern as well with some excellent uh, wrestlers. But if I had to pick one at the moment, I'd be uh, looking at the Green Wave to add another flag to their collection as well. Sure. What about uh, Class M? That's been uh, that's been Ledyard's domain the past uh, past few years. What do uh, what are we looking at in uh, in that Class M championship? Well, you know, you got Ledger. They've won four in a row. They're looking for five. Uh, they've won more state titles than anyone, including Danbury. They have the. They have the. They'll be in contention. They have some good wrestlers. The interesting thing will be to see uh, how much New Fairfield has. They have some excellent wrestlers as well. New Fairfield has done a nice job in some uh, regular season tournaments. They actually about two weeks ago won a tournament in Edgemont, New York. 
you know, against all New York teams. So that's pretty impressive to go into New York and uh, for a Connecticut team to win. Sure. So, you know, I'm looking at New Fairfield, uh, perhaps Ledger to, to uh, challenge them. But some other things to look at in Class M, you, you have Foreign, who's won those 35 matches. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a, a nice story. You have Ellis Tech out in Danielson. They've uh, won over 22 matches. They won the Constitution League Championship this year. And uh, they were the first technical school team to earn a ranking in the top ten poll this year. So they've done a nice job out there. So those four teams will uh, be in the mix. It might be a little more of a, a competitive event. But, uh, you know, at the moment, New Fairfield and Ledger, I think, are the two to watch there in uh, Class M. Great. Yeah, no, always nice to see, uh, as you said, a new uh, a new squad kind of inserting themselves into the mix there. So uh, in Class S, uh, you mentioned uh, it's been several in a row for Ledyard. It's been several in a row for Wyndham in Class S. How do you uh, how do you see things shaking out there? Wyndham's won three in a row. They're looking for four, and uh, they should get four unless, you know, unless there's some injuries or for whatever reason they can't fill out their lineup. They're uh, clearly the, be- the best team in Class S. Um, uh, talented kids out there. I don't see anyone uh, stepping up uh, at the moment to challenge them because I don't see anyone that has uh, a depth in their lineup to challenge them. There's mm-hmm. teams that have some good wrestlers, but not enough. So uh, I'm looking to see Wyndham uh, winning Class S again. Again, you never know what happens, but sure. at the moment it looks like Wyndham uh, would be the top team in Class S. What about uh, on the individual side? I, I know you've mentioned a few folks who uh, who have sort of stood out to you, but who are maybe just a you know a handful of names that you think will be uh, you know making their mark at the divisional meet and then going on to to really uh, you know impress folks at the the Open Championship the following weekend. Okay, well, I think one of the best wrestlers in the state is you know out of Newtown, Anthony Falbo, which I talked a little about before. You know, he won the state open last year. Um, he went to the New England Championships and was on the verge of winning, but um, at that level, you have to be focused for all six minutes. He had a little momentary lapse at the end and came and set, finished second. Um, he recovered from that to win a national championship. So he's certainly going to be a person for people to watch at the divisional level and at the Open. Um, Charlie Kane from Fairfield Ward, you know, New England champion, state Open champion last year. Charlie's at 145 this year. He'll be a, a contender, an excellent person to watch. Um, his brother, Tim Kane, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Danbury, uh, Jacob Camacho at 113 is having a great year. He'll contend at both events. Um, and, uh, you know, New Fairfield, Alex Opasal. And I apologize to these kids whose <laughs> names I might uh, uh, misspell. That's uh, no problem. Mispronounce. He's uh, from New Fairfield. He's at 120 pounds. You know, he'll do well uh, in both tournaments as well. It's a, you know, they're good, they're good tournaments, they're competitive tournaments, and uh, it's always good wrestling, especially in the semifinal round where there's always a little sense of desperation on the fact of all the wrestlers who want to get to that uh, championship final they've dreamed about. Sure, yeah, and as you mentioned, the, you know, the, the double elimination adds an interesting, uh, an interesting element that doesn't exist throughout the regular season. So you see teams, and uh, as you said, you know, who, which wrestlers can kind of bounce back the best uh, often determines uh, how the team competitions go. So 
You've helped Absolutely. us look at the, the class now, obviously, and uh, and some of this could change. We're, we're now two weeks or so roughly out from the Open Championship. But, again, uh, you know, a lot of familiar names that uh, of teams you've been tossing around. But uh, an early look at the Open Championship, what do you think maybe we're going to see there? Uh, probably uh, Newtown, Danbury, New Milford will be the contenders because they'll have some ki- kids that uh, get to the Open Championship to get to the Open, you have to uh, finish in the top six of your divisional meet. Mm-hmm. Usually Newtown, Danbury, New Milford, they bring a few uh, wrestlers with them. The Open can be a little skewed, though, because uh, you can have two or three good guys that go to the finals, and that will carry your team throughout. Right. Uh, but, again, it also, even at the Open, uh, with those four or five guys you have, it, the importance is how you wrestle back if you lose and how you do in the constellations. So I, at, at the moment, you know, Newtown won last year. Um, they have a, a nice core of ind- strong individuals. I think they'll be a contender. Danbury, uh, New Milford, uh, Fairfield Ward with the two Kane brothers who do well. You know, if Ward can bring a few other people along besides the Kane brothers, mm-hmm. those will probably be the, the two teams. And, then, you know, then you also have some great individual wrestlers from uh, some of the other schools that – uh, we'll make a mark, but they won't uh, help their team at that point. Right. All right. Well, we uh, we look certainly look forward to uh, to checking it out. We're going to be seeing uh, you know the the conclusion of the regular season coming up in the in the coming days, and then the uh, the the class championships again February nineteenth and twentieth at uh, four sites around the state, and then the Open Championship uh, at the Floyd Little Athletic Center uh, February twenty sixth and twenty seventh. And uh, we know Jerry DeSimus and the the good folks at Connecticut Wrestling Online dot com will be keeping great tabs on it and we uh, appreciate you carving out a few minutes to to get us up to date jerry thanks very much no problem uh, we're looking forward to the event and uh, look forward to seeing everyone out there at the uh, matches thanks as always to jerry love getting the chance to chat with him hard-working uh, gentleman does a great job keeping track of everything with his uh his website the uh, ct wrestling and uh just does an outstanding job keeping tabs on a, on a sport that is a very uh very passion for a lot of people those involved in wrestling care greatly and deeply about wrestling and uh for good reason it's really a wonderful sport and often has a lot of really great stories so we're looking forward to the championships coming up in just a few weeks the double L meet will be at Trumbull High School, the L Championship at Bristol Central, the M Championship at East Haven High School, and the S meet at Plainville. So lots of good stuff there. We hope you will, uh, the seeds to be posted following the seed meetings, uh, the M&S on February uh, 20, excuse me, on 16th, and the L and double L on the 17th. So you can keep uh, an eye on that. And of course, Tournament Central is where you can find all that information. One last plug for that. We thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out all of the information at CICSports.com and Tournament Central. It's a, a fun time of year. It's all getting started again. All the championship action getting started again. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun putting a great culmination on what's been a fun winter sports season. So, again, I'm Joel Cookson. We thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be with us today. Hope you'll come back again for another edition of the CIAC Cast.